Hello dear friends, it's Carly and welcome to a very special episode of the I Learned podcast. Uh, Here a while back, not too long ago, I learned that I am a Life Path 6 and as at the time I didn't really like spark on that and like need to get into it and yesterday through a long series of events, I was just couldn't not look into it anymore. It just was overwhelming how much I needed to look into this Life Path 6 thing that was, you know, coming up for me now. And so yesterday I just dove headfirst into what are life numbers and, you know, to pull a life number, you only need the, the month, the day, and the year of the person's birth. So because of my work in natal charts, I have all kinds of birthdays. So I pulled like 30 people's life path numbers and made a list and organized the people by their life path numbers so I could look for patterns, you know, how I do. Like that's that's just, isn't that normal? Aren't we all doing these things? Um, so I did all of that yesterday and in that pursuit of making the list of like, you know, here, I, I feel like I, the 30 people that I pulled, those are the people kind of closest up to me in my life and who I have spent some time trying to understand already, uh, through the other tools for self-awareness that I have access to like natal charts or Myers-Briggs or whatever. Um, and so putting the life path numbers on all of these people, patterns emerged with like, you know, I talked on the intro episode, the last episode, uh, just kind of a broader overview about life path numbers and how, when I made that list, a pattern emerged with life path three. Like I had, I had had these independent relationships that, I mean, two of them I had actually labeled. These are karmic relationships that these people are here to provoke healing in me. The, like the relationship served a healing purpose, by aggravating my demons and two those two people are both life path threes and i was like wow okay so <laughs> there's definitely something to this i i've really really enjoyed getting into it and learning about the the core like the relationship for me with life path threes that was really really big and just learning about life path six in particular was really powerful in terms of framing the overall themes that I've had throughout my life. And I'm going to talk about those in detail in this very special episode that I am basically coming to as this is a love letter to all the life path sixes in the universe. And that is, that is my tone. That is what I want to convey the, everything that I learned yesterday has helped me to love myself just a little bit more and to understand my path just a little bit more um, and to, to like be able to reach for my purpose just a little bit more clearly. So all of those things felt so amazing. So this is like a gift to all of my Life Path 6 friends. Um, seeing that list was so powerful. Like out of all the 30, you know, people that thereabouts that I pulled their life path numbers to see the people who landed on the life path six line with me, um, was fascinating, like mind blowingly fascinating for a couple of different reasons. Um, so yes, I want to use this space to 
Send love to all the Life Path Sixes. And if you are clicking into this episode or you're listening to this episode because you know a Life Path Six or you love a Life Path Six or you're married to a Life Path Six, I love you for being here as well and trying to understand more clearly this Life Path Six energy and mindset. Because they're just with all the Life Paths, there's gifts and talents that we inherently have and then there are challenges and opportunities for growth that are inherent in this path and that is the same for all the life paths it's just a matter of specifically what are we here to learn what did we choose to come forward to learn and this is you know one more place where i feel it's it feels yummy to stick in that i do believe that we chose our starting point You know, I was born June 19th, 1988, and that makes me a life path six. And I believe that I chose to come forward on June 19th, 1988. Um, I was born at 2.47 a.m. And again, believe that I chose to like wait until, nope, I need it to be June 19th, 1988, because that is the energy that I want my life marked with that life path six energy. I want that on my life. I want to have those skills and I want to learn those lessons. And I was born as the oldest in my, in my family. Uh, I have three younger brothers. And as I look at the life path sixes on the list with me, there are a lot of oldest siblings. Um, and if they're not the oldest, they had a life experience. Like one, one of my friends that's on here is the youngest out of a bunch of kids, but she was also younger by several, several years and that her older siblings were having kids when she was like seven or eight years old. And she got stuck kind of raising one of them, um, and taking care of it every day. And like, she's eight. And so, I mean, like that's kind of the energy of that life path six is, responsibility is one of the key themes and service is the other key theme. So that's really what we're going to talk about in this extended look at what does it mean to have that life path six or that six energy kind of wrapped around your life. Because obviously there are only, you know, nine, maybe a few more uh, life path numbers if you subscribe to like master numbers like 11 and 22, stuff like that. But for the most part, we're talking like only a hand, couple handfuls of numbers and you're dividing the entire planet into those few categories. So even within Life Path 6, there's depth and there's ways that, like for example, there's ways for Life Path 6s to differentiate between us. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time there, but what I'm talking about is like if you do your addition of your birth date to get your Life Path number either there's three ways you can get there. Like, like my cousin Chad, who's a life path six, which just blew my freaking mind because I very much have a karmic relationship with him. Um, and he's my business partner at this point. So his is like literally a one, a two and a three added together. And that makes six. And so mine though is bigger numbers that add together to make 15 and you add the one and the five together, and that makes six. And then there are others whose bigger numbers add up to 24, and 24 reduces by adding two and four down into six. So there's lots of different ways that you can get 
to a life path six. And so, for example, the energy of a 15 that comes into like reduces to a six or the energy of a 24 that reduces to a six, they're two different things. So as I talk about life path six, all of this should be kind of taken as that overarching energy that's like like a film over your entire experience. It just kind of colors the entire experience and how we each come to express this out into the world is going to look a little bit different based on some other factors. Like this is not a super uh, specific individualized practice. If we wanted something like that, there's natal charts, there's human design, there's eaching, there's all kinds of things that we could look at to get more specific on individuals. But this is such a helpful foundation for making peace with the key themes, the lessons, the gifts, owning the gifts and using those gifts to get you through your lessons, like putting all those pieces together. It feels really, really, really good. Um, yesterday felt amazing to soak all of this up for myself and I am so excited to share it with you, whether you are a life path six or you love a life path six, um, just know that I think there's, there's going to be even more love by the time we soak all of this up. So it was very interesting because, you know, when I learn something new, when I try to take in a new concept, I always start with mine. So I, I always like mine's a life path six. So that's the first life path information that I'm reading. I'm trying to resonate with it personally. And as I was reading it, I'm still just kind of trying to take it in for myself. But as I'm reading it, I come to this paragraph that said something like, like you'll take undue responsibility for others, even if they don't need you to, even if they don't ask you to, you just can't help yourself. You take responsibility for other people. And then you usually wind up resenting that you're so responsible and they, they need you so much. You resent them for it, even though you set yourself up into that position and no offense, but that reminded me of one of my clients. It reminded me of me too, for sure. But it also reminded me of a conversation that I had with one of my clients in a session where she's describing that this is what she does. And I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, I do that too. <laughs> you know, I practice this same thing. So this is cool that we can talk about this. And so when I'm reading the article yesterday, that reminded me of that conversation. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder what her life path number is. And so I go look it up. It's a six. And then that really got me curious. So I looked up my other client's, uh, life path number and she is also a six. So I talked in the intro yesterday about how I used to do individual readings where you could just come and get one, one off reading. Um, and that just doesn't really do it for me. So I've switched to doing packages. So you have to commit to at least four sessions because we're going to go deeper into putting all of these pieces together and seeing if we can get something to come out of it. And that's just, oh, that's my jam. And so I've had two clients so far sign up for these extended engagements uh, to do sessions with me. And I learned yesterday that we are all three life path sixes. So I was like, what are the freaking chances? And then later I figure out that my cousin Chad, my business partner, that, you know, I've talked about so much shadow work that I've done because of him, because of his influence in my life, because of, you know, just growing up and he's my role model and everything. It makes so much more sense to me now why he was always my role model, because he's a life path six, six years ahead of me living this path that we both are on, you know, it made, it makes so much more sense now to understand 
why I looked up to him so powerfully and why I resonated with him so powerfully, you know, like it just kind of softened everything on that level with him. The other fun one that I think is um, really interesting is I had one of those one-off sessions um, with this chick. Her name was Natalyn, which is just such a cool name. I've never heard that name otherwise. Uh, and she was such a cool individual and she really resonated with the session that she got from me. She got the one session. And then the next month I ran a special, a special deal on my prices and she bought a session for her best friend. And right after that, her best friend, I think like was switching jobs and like moved maybe to a different state anyways. So that session got booked for April and through a few reschedulings, it's now scheduled for this upcoming Sunday, September 5th. And so it's very fascinating to me that like all of these reschedulings happen to like push the session further and further and further. And I found out yesterday that she is also a life path six. So I'm, you know, not that I wasn't already looking forward to that session, but it just seems like even more serendipitous now that like I would know it going in that we are both of this life path six energy and be able to speak to her even more clearly from that common ground of understanding. So all of that coming together yesterday was so powerful. And again, I'm so glad you're here for me to share this with you. Uh, in the description, I've linked a few articles. You can Google Life Path 6 and there's, you know, 8.7 million results in five seconds, 1.2 seconds. Um, all kinds of things, all kinds of things about like Life Path 6 and Life Path 6 compatibility. So those are the four articles that I've linked in the description um, as a starting point, but obviously, you know, one, keep your BS meter on and only soak up the parts that resonate with you. And two, read more if you want, or if it's, you know, the one article's not doing it for you, then switch to a different one. And maybe the way they write will explain it more clearly. So definitely feel free to check out those. Um, the compatibility one, I really, you know, I thought that was interesting just because I wanted to see, you know, what are the life path numbers that get along more easily with a six energy and that have a harder time. They're just wired differently. You know, they, they go into all of that. So that's very interesting when you read like the life path compatibility between two sixes, a couple of quotes stood out to me. One is that two sixes are lucky to find each other. And I thought that was like beautiful, like literally beautiful. I had to like sit back and just like really take a minute because I've spent so much time being grateful for Denitria, uh, my first extended engagement client. We've been working together for a few months now. And then Patty came along and I've spent so much time being grateful for her. And now, you know, here are other ones that I recognize in my world as this same energy. And I've spent so much time being grateful for them. And it's like, it's so crazy how, you know, other than Chad, None of these Life Path 6 people were in my life a year ago. You know, they all came to me very, very, very recently. It's almost like there's an awakening that's happening. I've been feeling it inside myself and seeing that even just in these last like four months, like three or four new uh, Life Path 6s has pop have popped up into my world. So all of this is 
so freaking cool that I'm, I'm connecting with these kindred spirits. It feels so good. Um, so yes, two sixes are lucky to find each other because as we're going to get into it, I mean, there's just so much harmony between two sixes, but at the same time, because like one of the main themes of, of a life path six is unconditional love and demonstrating unconditional love. And because of that, you can actually kind of in a relationship between two sixes, you can kind of trap each other in your weaknesses because you're like nurturing each other's weaknesses and compensating for each other's weaknesses. So it basically said like two sixes risk falling into a codependent relationship because they're just so wired for nurturing that they just each lose themselves into the other person. So yeah, that doesn't sound great per se. Um, but I definitely resonated with what it was saying about the harmony between two sixes. So without further ado, I have some notes prepared on the, and this is just from like reading those few articles that, uh, I linked in the description and kind of putting them all together. So my sources for this information are all three of those articles, um, in bits and pieces and organize them into the key theme of service and support, the key theme of responsibility, the true essence of our life path six energy. And I wrote this little thing that just came out called the art of life path six, the artfulness of life path six. And then I also pulled some tarot cards, uh, where in the light seers tarot, which is the deck that I'm using, uh, there's a spread in the front of the book called soul joy spread. And I've pulled these cards. I pulled this spread for myself once, and it was very, very beautiful. And as I was prepping for this, this, um, episode and thinking and feeling in that space of this is a love letter to my fellow life path sixes. And I was just like, like literally so giddy to bring you this loving energy and just to like pour out my heart to say like, I see you and I love you. And oh my goodness, like I respect the journey that you are on because I'm, I'm on it also. Um, And so as I'm shuffling my cards, I'm going to pull some cards just to help convey this energy more clearly. And it popped into my mind to like, I want to see the soul joy spread for a life path six. Like give me a reading that can kind of be in this overarching energy of this life path six space. So I have those to share at the end as well. So many gifts of love and understanding and knowledge and awareness and hopefully foundationally supportive energy for you to be even more in love with who you are. That is absolutely, I'm talking to the life path sixes obviously, but like, or if you're married to a life path six, I hope by the end of this, you're even more in love with who they are, um, accepting of them for who they are and how they're wired, how, how all of us life path sixers are wired. So we're going to start with what I think is the most important piece of life path six. And that is the key theme of service and support. This is like the life force of life path six is to be of service. Um, because of this, because the key drive is to be of service, life path six is one of, if not the most harmonious of all the life path numbers. Uh, it is of the same frequency as mother Gaia. So planet earth, the mother planet that supports us. Uh, 
it's a gifter of unconditional love. When you think about it, like unconditional love, it lets go of so many things of, of conditions. Obviously we're, we're in unconditional space, so it doesn't matter how the person is. doesn't matter what's in their past. doesn't matter what choices they've made. doesn't matter where they're headed in the future. They are, and therefore they are worthy of love. And that is the ultimate outlook for a life path six is that everything deserves love and I will bring it. And so it's a very loving energy. Like you think about mothering energy, it's the very essence of motherly care. Um, it's the combination of higher divine, that unconditional loving energy of seeing the interconnectedness and the worthiness of every single being and hard work on earth. Like you think about a mom She's one of the hardest working characters there are, you know, I don't have children. I have four pets and I still feel, you know, like I, I really have to spend a lot of energy nurturing. Um, I can't even imagine if I had four kids, like what my mom had, like that would just be a lot. Um, but it's, it's that combination of like, I love you so much. I'm willing to work my ass off to do whatever it takes to help you accomplish your task. I will, I'll give you everything. And, you know, we're going to get in later where that's actually, you know, part of the shadow element is that we are so willing to give everything and that can be a downfall, but we're going to get into that just a little bit later. Um, because of this, this, um, this mother Gaia, unconditional love combination of higher divine and hard work on earth, because of all of that life path six are the ultimate protectors healers and humanitarians putting others needs ahead of their own and again this is this is like like saintly energy like i'm 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 not i'm not calling us saints because of all of the things we're going to get into as we continue to dive into this i'm starting with this this piece that i think we can all deeply connect to that like like everything we do is to be of service. Every everything we do, we ask ourselves, how is this serving other people? How is this making other people happy? How is this helping others? Like, how am I making a positive impact in this world? How am I leaving it a better, more secure, more loved place than it was before my life came through? Um, Confucius was quoted in one of the articles as adding uh, the superior person takes from where there is too much and augments what is too little. That way all things are apportioned correctly. And that's kind of going back to that life path six of service. Um, because we want to be of service, we're often drawn to people who need service. You know, like we're problem solvers, we're helpers. So we attract people who need help and we give and we give and we give and we give and we give. And that is the challenge of a life path six. You know, every single life path has gifts and challenges and this saintly energy feels so good to flow that we get addicted. This, these are my words. I didn't read this in one of the articles. Um, I don't want to like, just in case I'm misinterpreting this, but this is how I understand it. 
we get so addicted to being in that divine mother energy, being the helper, being the one who helps somebody else feel better or accomplish something that's important to them or whatever it is that we don't give to ourselves. We're so consumed with caring for others that we do not care for ourselves. And then eventually that catches up with us and there's a burnout, there's a crash, there's a health issue of some sort, there's, there's throwing your back out so you have to stop. So you have to stop and give yourself some care. I mean, how many times have I been like, you know, my neck is stuck or like my back hurts or like there's a pinch in my shoulder so I can't raise my arm. And now like all I do is like sit here and figure out how can I feel better, you know? And I I recognize those moments of physical pain where it's manifesting as a problem in my body um, or I manifest the flu or whatever, like that is a slowdown. That's saying like you're out of balance. You're caring for everybody else and you're not taking good enough care of yourself. And you know, the universe doesn't mean to be judgmental, but that's the results speak for themselves. You know, when we manifest pain and hurt, we aren't taking good enough care of ourselves. We're focused too much on the other people. And so the shadow of this, because we manifest illness and slowdowns, um, we can have a tendency in shadow when we're in that weaker energy state to blame that on other people that like, I had to, I had to show up. I had, there was nobody else. Like I had to be there. I had to take care of this person. If I didn't do it, nobody else would. And that's why I'm sick. That's why I have no energy. That's why I'm crashed out right now because I, nobody else was going to do it. So I had to, and that's a natural perspective for life path six. And I've absolutely been there. Um, but it is a flawed premise. It is a very flawed premise. Um, and we are going to talk more about that as we get into the key theme of responsibility. Um, and so the shadow is that we manifest these feelings of resentment towards the people that we care most about. We gave them all our energy and all of our love and we invested it into them And now we resent them because they didn't give it back to us enough. And we didn't keep any for ourselves because we're waiting on them to give it to us. And now we don't have any energy. We're not, we're not full of love anymore because we gave it all away. And now we're crashing and we're resentful. And I don't know about you, but I've been through that loop. I don't know, 20, 30, 40 times in my life of like crashing out because I, I prioritized external factors that were outside of myself instead of myself. And the basis of this as I understand it. And this is where the flawed premise kind of comes from is this need to feel like I'm bringing value to others. And that is kind of part of that, that film of this life path six energy is life path six nurtures others. Life path six brings value to others, period. Can't help it can't help yourself. Your life path is going to lead to you bringing value to other people. And we know that and we feel it and it's a motivating factor and it gets us out of bed in the morning and it drives us all day long and we dream about it. And it's just part of who we are. We need to feel like we're bringing value to others. But the balance, 
the balance of this? Like, how do you bring this shadow perspective, this flawed premise? How do we pivot? How do we bring all of this energy back into balance is to evolve beyond blaming my passiveness on others. Like there's so much, and I'm going to speak from first person here because again, I don't want to put anything on anybody that it's not theirs. But for me, so much of my identity was wrapped up in who I was nurturing. So like, I'm not me, I'm Ross's older sister. You know, that's the role I'm playing is I'm Ross's older sister and I'm nurturing my little brother and I'm this, this guy's girlfriend. And I'm, you know, this is, this is how I viewed myself. And it was very much, I am part of what I am supporting. I am like to understand myself. I have to look at the value that I've created in the world for other people. And that means like judging my worth based on how happy this other person is, was basically how I was looking at it. And that that's where we get out of balance. So evolving beyond defining ourselves in terms of who we're nurturing, you know, like define ourselves as a nurturer. That's fine. But that's a big difference between I am a nurturer and I am the nurturer of my little brother, Ross. I'm Ross's nurturer, you know, like being that closed in and defined with our identity is a recipe for heartache and imbalance. That is what I've learned. So the balancing factor, again, comes back to learning how to love ourselves. Um, There's so much balance in bringing that focus uh, back onto ourselves, broadening our identity and identifying as a nurturer, a nurturer of mass consciousness, a nurturer of all who are, a nurturer of all beings, and this is where I float. And then I, I love myself for offering this nurturing, loving energy into this world. I think it's a beautiful thing what we Life Path Sixes do. The amount of love that we just send out and send out and send out and send out. Um, one of my friends uh, who's on this list, she had some health issues where she was pretty much immobile. Uh, not a whole lot of physical energy. So she felt like you know, she still felt this need to add value to others and to, you know, send love out into the world, but she has no energy to really go or interact with people or, you know, move around at all. And so she set the alarm on her phone for the top of every hour and she would spend a minute sending out loving energy to, you know, kind of like a loving kindness meditation where she would send it to, you know, her city and her state and her family and her country and this world and, you know, all of her friends from this place and everyone she's ever met in a past life. And like, she would just like whatever random group she could think of to send out this radically loving energy, just generate it and send it out to anybody who can receive it. And she didn't, she basically freed herself from who she's nurturing and she flipped into a place of just nurturing. So it's like that. It's like detach. Detach from who it is that's receiving it. And I can tell you this is hard. It's so hard. It's so mm, it's so deliciously satisfying to nurture and witness an improvement in someone's energy that 
it is extremely challenging to detach because we are so enticed and enjoying witnessing the satisfaction on the other person. But as we love ourselves more, as we point our focus back inward, we're able to more identify as the nurturer and recognize how good it feels to flow that love through our vessel and to attach to that, not to the other person, not to who's receiving it, but to our inner experience of being the nurturer. It is so freaking satisfying to get to live in this harmonious place where I'm here to practice unconditional love. I'm here to, you know, I practice that by unconditionally loving myself as much as I can and bringing that energy to everyone else um, as much as I can and demonstrating what that looks like when you unconditionally love something um, and detaching from anyone who might be benefited by my doing this. And this idea of practicing non-attachment, it is coming up again and again and again these last couple weeks for me. And so I don't think it's an accident that, you know, yesterday I learned about Life Path 6 and that seems to be the answer for balance and getting harmony in your energy is detaching from the identity of who you're nurturing and identify more as the nurturer yourself. And another balancing factor uh, and this is something that I know I've definitely learned over my lifetime is discernment, meaning learn who to love and who to invest our energy in and take some responsibility for our own satisfaction. And, you know, like I, this is where I've found it really helpful rather than trying to figure out like, who's worthy of me nurturing them and who's not worthy. Like everybody's worthy. It's not a matter of worthiness. It's a matter of readiness. Who's ready? Who's ready to hear me right now? Who's ready to, to be nurtured? <laughs> you know, like most grown folks don't want to be nurtured, period. And if they do, they're going to find their way to that moment in a very special energy. So us as nurturers trying to use our eyeballs and like pick out like who's a good candidate for me to put my nurturing energy on, that's exhausting. And so as I, as I turn my focus inward back on myself, loving myself, existing in the satisfaction and joy of getting to be the one who loves and inviting literally every being on the planet, not just humans, Every being on the planet is welcome to cross my path in a moment where they are ready to be nurtured, where they are ready to be loved, and I will love them. That is how my energy operates. That's how I try to operate anyway, um, is let them come to me. Let them reveal themselves. Let them reveal their own readiness and since I've transitioned into this space of going inward and being the love and letting whoever, whatever in the universe that's ready to receive love, they can come to me because I'm sending it out like a lot of the time. Um, granted, that's taken some practice, right? Like I had, I had some really harsh feelings about not being loved as much as I was loving other people. That was an imbalance that I carried for quite a while. 
And I, I did have to work to heal that. And again, the answer comes back to self-love, realizing that it's really not somebody else's job to love me. Um, it's my job to love me. It's really everybody's job to love themselves. The love that we give to each other is really just a bonus. And so as we as nurturers, we as life path sixers, we as the gifters of unconditional love, it's really important to remember that like we are not indispensable. We are a bonus. We are not needed. We are loved and adored for what we bring, but we're not needed, right? Like this is part of the balance of what we're going to talk about as we move into the key theme of responsibility. Um, Another shadow element of being out of balance with this key theme of service is passiveness or passive aggressiveness. Um, Because we are so intent on harmony and love, we can minimize conflict. We can you know, brush stuff under the rug. We can bottle up hurt feelings. Um, and eventually that grows into resentment. And again, really the people that we prioritize love and harmony the most are our closest loved ones. And if anything, that is where learning the value of productive conflict or, you know, speaking your truth, eye to eye truth telling, um, is a skill that, it is in the greater good of the harmony of the relationship to do those things. While they may be uncomfortable in the short term, um, the long-term relationship is more harmonious as a result because as we harbor hurt feelings and we, we don't let them come out because we're prioritizing harmony in the moment, that's such a short-term view and it breeds resentment. And I, I, I mean, I feel like I know that because again, I've been through that cycle so many times. Um, and so again, the answer comes back to loving yourself because the more we love ourselves, the more validated we'll feel in speaking our truth just because it's our truth. You know, we, we may realize that this is going to be hard for the other person to hear, but we're going to wrap it in as much love for them as we possibly can. And we're going to be thoughtful about it because we want to respect their feelings and the harmony of that moment. But this needs to be said in the greater good of our connection. This needs to be said. And there's a confidence that comes in your truth when you love yourself. And so again, kind of the balancing factor in this support of others, in this service of others, the balance of how to be really good at that is to love yourself a lot. So it seems counterintuitive, but really when you when you unpack it and you open it up, it makes so much sense that the more you fill your own cup, the more the cup is full, the more the cup is overflowing. And really that's the best strategy is to constantly be filling your cup, taking such good care of yourself, servicing yourself, nurturing yourself, being attentive to your own needs and taking care of them as quickly as possible, just like you would do for somebody else. You know, we're so quick to meet other people's needs. And then I know for me, (laughs) it would be like, oh, I need that. Okay. Yeah. You can wait. You can wait. Just give me a minute. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing this for this other person. So you need to wait. And just like that constant deprioritization of ourselves, like it does nothing for us, but put ourselves in this 
inferior state where we're more likely to give everything to somebody else. And when we're left with nothing, our physical body will crash, period. So again, the balancing factor always comes back to this practice of self-love. So like, how does the Life Path 6 be of even greater service to the collective? They love themselves a little bit more. That's my main takeaway on that first key theme. So now moving into the second key theme of responsibility. So we basically have a responsibility to be of service. My favorite way that I saw this described was that basically life path sixes are born with an overactive responsibility gene. And this clicked on so many levels. I mean, basically it talks about like you, you take on responsibility even when it's not yours. Like you just have a sense like we life path, we life path sixes just have a sense for where there's slack in the chain of command. And we just naturally take up that slack. We just naturally take responsibility for anything that needs responsibility taken of it or not, right? Like sometimes it's not our business to take responsibility for things and we just can't help ourselves. (laughs) So this is where I say, like, when I look at the list of, of life path sixes, there's a lot of oldest siblings on there. And then there's some other people who have a slightly different story, but I was thinking, you know, I told the story about my friend who sends out Um, or no, sorry, my friend who uh, raised her niece when she was like eight years old, uh, she was taking care of a baby because that was just the way her life manifested. And then another one um, who was talking to me about how like her parents were very irresponsible in general, like emotionally volatile and just don't, doesn't have their shit together. And so she wasn't the oldest, she was the middle child, but she still felt like she had to take responsibility for her parents. Um, so yeah, like even if you don't manifest as the oldest child, you still manifest life circumstances that allow you to exercise this overactive responsibility gene. It goes back to the need to be of service. Um, basically how that winds up being wired inside of us, it's that we wish to feel so needed that we are indispensable. We want to be so needed that we are indispensable. And then we grow eventually because that sucks up our freedom. It usually eventually pollutes our physical body because we're not taking good care of that. On and on, we eventually grow to resent being indispensable and pushing against this Thing that is hanging on us um, now that is totally dependent on us because we set it up that way. And that's called not having healthy boundaries, right? Like taking responsibility for things that really shouldn't be your responsibility to where now they're dependent on you. And after you live that for a while, it gets easier to realize like, shit, yeah, this wasn't, I wasn't supposed to take responsibility of this here. How do I get out of this? How do I get out from under this responsibility now that I have? Um, I've been there more times than I can count. Let me tell you, uh, it does, it did say that because of that sense of responsibility though, that like life path sixes do very well in business and working for themselves usually. And that's a whole other thing, but 
that doing well in business is where you're serving other people. So that instantly reminded me of Cecil K's in the grocery store and how like, I just always, I put it that I have a knack for customer service. I'm good at customer service. I can look at people and see on them what, like I can spot somebody who needs help. I, you know, interact with them at the cash register and like use reading their energy at that point to help me do that. Like I'm good at customer service. I want every single customer leaving satisfied with a good experience and that sense of responsibility is why I pay attention because I'm responsible to the satisfaction of my customers. And it's just, a, you can't get around it. It just is. Um, and, you know, responsibility to what, to anything that matters to you, you know, responsibility to the happiness of my family or of the well-being of my children or like whatever it is that's important to you. Um, that sense of responsibility it's, it's unmatched in the other life path numbers. So yeah. And it also said when your life is in the trenches, it's a six who shows up with a shovel. And that is, I've been in that boat more times than I could count also. Um, and that's because like, once we believe in you or once we believe in your cause, we will, we give everything, we give everything. We it's all for you. It's all like, we're, we're just trying to give it all away. Just looking for a reason to give it all away. Cause that's how we're wired. That's who we are. And so again, this goes back to that first point of like learning discernment, learning when to give it all away and to what extent, how much to give and when and to who, and all of those pieces. Um, but if a life path six believes in something, they will use elbow grease. They will give everything that they have access to use every tool in their toolbox to make sure that there's success found for you in whatever it is that you need. And this reminded me of a friend of mine who, uh, her house was like just really messy and she was like wanting to get it cleaned up, but she was telling a story about how, you know, she'll start to clean it up and then she'll get sidetracked because she'll find something and then she'll want to go look at this and go look at this. And she's like, and then I just don't get anywhere, you know, like, and she's talking about that. And I'm like, I mean, I can come there. I can come there and I can help you and we'll do it. We'll get it done. And in three hours, we completely decluttered and organized her craft room, which was her spare bedroom. And it had I mean, you couldn't see the floor, the, the shelves and the tables and everything was just piles of stuff. And the closet was completely packed full. Also, we didn't get into the closet, just the room itself. That took like three or four hours. We hauled like countless trips out to the dumpster of throwing things away. And, um, and I mean, it was, it was like, she would get sidetracked and I'd be like, no, look here, this is important to you. You want your room clean. So we're going to get your room clean. And it's like, I had all the power that we needed to get that task done. And I don't care if her room is clean. That doesn't do anything for me, you know, but it does something for her. It gave her that space where she felt like she could breathe and she could let her creativity flow. And because she was going to have an easier time letting her creativity flow, I knew that like spending more time in that aligned place is going to benefit 
ripple effects throughout her entire life. And I want that for her. I want any well-being that I can help secure for her. So I spent like eight hours driving over there and like, it was like an hour and a half drive to get out there and then spending all day cleaning in her house with her and keeping her on task to like clean the house and leaving with like, I transformed that space for her, for her benefit, right? Like I gave that whole day to her for her benefit. And I felt magical about it. It was like one of the best things I'd ever done because like, I mean, we literally filled that room full of my love for her. You know, she got to witness for hours with no break, with like just constantly working from start to finish, from the room being a complete wreck to it being a completely organized, productive space. And I did that for her, you know, like giving our time and our energy and our attention to help the people that we care about solve problems is literally how we show love. It's how we demonstrate affection. Um, you know, like it's our being there-ness, <laughs> you know, if the chips are down, you call us and we're there, period. If you're our people, we're there. The loyalty is fierce. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot that you can read between the lines on behavior like that. You know, never did I tell her like, hey, I'm doing this because I love you. But like my dedication in those few hours proved it beyond any measure of doubt at all um, to her. So it's like that. It's like we live by example. We demonstrate the depth of our feeling in how we behave. And when we're full of the self-love that we talked about in the first theme, the energy that we radiate outwards to everyone else in our lives is that same love. It's that, that unconditional love that we've been giving to ourselves to help ourselves feel as good as we can. That's the energy that just automatically permeates into every moment that we rendezvous with anyone. And before, you know, I'm thinking back to like, God, like five, 10 years ago, like I wasn't full of love. I was full of lots of other things and full, like to capacity, full of anger and resentment and feeling misunderstood and feeling like I gave everything to everybody and nobody gave anything to me and on and on and on. That was what I was full of. And the energy that permeated every single one of my rendezvous just set up more distance between me and every single person in my life where that's the vibe I'm putting off is like, you suck. And I gave you everything and you gave me nothing. And like, <laughs> you know, then they weren't nice to me. Imagine that. But now that like, I love myself and I practice cultivating that self-love every day and have for years now. And now, I mean, like this isn't meant to sound like conceited or full of myself, but like people love me. People love my energy. You can just tell because I'm a dose of love. I'm a breath of fresh air in a world full of negativity. I walk through their lives and it's like they can breathe for a second. They get to connect to the vibration of love because I'm looking into their eyes like a dog, you know, like that's kind of how I see myself. But it's all about like, why are we doing it? 
where is this energy coming from that we're giving away, you know, and then how do we manage that energy? How do we cultivate more of it? How do we, how do we expand our ability to give love to an even greater level? Like these are life path six questions that are really worth spending some time answering because again, these key themes, they go back to, I want to make a positive impact. I want to do good. I want to create value. This world will be a better place after my life is over because I'm dedicating every single day of my life to figuring out how do I make it a better place? How can I, how can I help one person at a time find my, find more joy in their lives? You know, like going to my friend's place and helping her clean out her craft room. So she had space to create, like she's a full-time creative she needs space to create. So I felt like that was an investment in her happiness. That was an investment in the well-being of her business. Um, all of these things in the, just the overall flow of her energy, I helped her clean up her energy space and there was nowhere else I would rather be. Like that was so delicious, but I can't go knocking door to door and be like, Hey, can I come in and help you clean up your life? Like those opportunities have to present themselves, you know? And so this is where that sense of responsibility, uh, there's a challenge in that, right? Like this sense of responsibility makes us rock solid in the loyalty department, but at the same time, like we can get into trouble, just like in the service area, we give and we give and we give, and we're so generous with others. But if you go too far with it, there is absolutely a breaking point where now you're hurting yourself by doing that. There is such a thing as giving when you shouldn't, you know, not always is that the right answer. Sometimes it's time to rest. Um, let's see. Okay. So this is, uh, let me preface this point by saying when I, when I work in the realm of what I feel like is my spiritual work, uh, I, I get off on getting people to love themselves more, you know, teaching people how to have a higher degree of self-love and facilitating their self-empowerment, their recognition of their own power such that now they recognize it. So this isn't just a spike in their happiness for this, you know, 30 minute conversation. This is an awareness that they get to keep for the rest of their lives. That's really mm, super delicious. Um, and so as I go through, you know, their natal chart or whatever it is that we're talking about and I'm presenting to them, you know, what I see as their superpowers. And sometimes when I present, this is your superpower, they're like, yeah, yeah. A lot of good. It does me, you know, like, God, that's how it get into trouble. And that's how blah, blah, blah. And like, they got a bad story about how they wish that that wasn't true. And basically, maybe you already see where I'm going with this, but life path sixes, and I'm including myself in this because I had a real, real moment yesterday when I was going through this particular part of it. Responsibility is one of our superpowers. And I can guarantee you, if you're a life path six, you've said, why do I always have to be the responsible one? And that's not loving our superpowers, right? That's, that's absolutely calling this a curse instead of the blessing that it is. Um, and that was huge. And that's what I want to ask in, as like a food for thought type idea. Um, how does it feel to be the responsible one? Because it, 
it's heavy, right? Like being the responsible one is a heavy burden, you know, if you're not looking at it as a good thing, chances are you're giving too much away. You're not putting enough in your own cup and you're giving too much to other people. And so I think that's maybe a good barometer of how to know when you've found the right balance between giving to yourself and giving to other people, which I think for Life Path 6 is one of these ideas that we circle around over and over and over again. This idea of like pushing it to the max again and again, like giving everything away again and again, because it's so fun to give. And then I have nothing. Fuck. And this is just as uncomfortable as it was last time that I gave everything away and now I have nothing. Um, It's like that. It's like realizing how to, how to recognize, like when I very first started this idea of recognizing this as like my gas tank, using that as an analogy. And like, I don't ever want to get below a quarter tank. If I have a quarter tank, it doesn't matter what anybody needs from me. I'm unavailable. You know, like I only have a quarter tank. And as much like it's about to make me cry thinking about having to say no to somebody who really needs my help because anybody who shows up in front of me, I'll I'll give everything. I will. And I, I still want to. And the only thing that stops me is knowing how many times I've been in the middle of nowhere with an empty tank and nobody's there to help me because I'm in the middle of nowhere with an empty tank. No cell phone service. No resources. Uh, It's miles and miles and miles to the nearest assistance. So I guess you're just on your own and you're going to walk, but you're exhausted. Oh, that's too bad. That's too bad. Now you just got a hard minute and nobody to face it with because you're here all by yourself. And I've been through that desert of a moment enough times to know I don't give away the last quarter tank. I don't. Period. That has to be a hard line in the sand. And so that's, that was my first expansion of like, I don't give away the bottom quarter. That's mine. I have to have it to be able to get back to home, to be able to like get back to the gas station and get more gas to keep going. Like I need that last quarter tank to go back to the recharging process, you know, like, so that's important. And now I try to like... Basically, if you want to continue on with the gas analogy, like picture my car and my gas tank is full all the time because my whole back end of my car is full of gas cans. And every time I drive a little bit, like even just a little bit, I use one gallon of gas. I pull over and I put one gallon of gas back in my gas tank and now my tank is full again. And Every single person I pass by as I'm out there driving around with my full tank, I stop and I give them a little gas and I stop again and I give them a little gas out of the gas tank, out of the gas cans that are in the back of my car. And then every morning I also go to the gas station and I fill up my tank and all the gas cans and I go again. And so that is what I'm talking about with like this expanded capacity where you know, like as a life path six, I know what you're, I know, you know what I mean when I say you run until the tank is empty, you give until there's nothing left. And that moment, that emptiness 
is haunting. It's haunting because it needs to be because we need to stop doing that. <laughs> so that's good to understand. Um, we need to keep that last quarter tank. And then as we get better and better and better at managing our energy, the in and the out of our energy, we are expanding our capacity. You know, like now we have this extra gas can in the back because we're really good at at sourcing our own energy from inside of us. We have a greater capacity to find that energy um, inside of ourselves. And every time we get better at it, there's more gas cans and more gas cans and more gas cans in your vehicle. And so now you're, how far can you go on one tank of gas? Well, it's not just a tank of gas. It's a tank of gas plus all these gas cans. So your tank would get you 400 miles, but you also have another 400 miles just in the gas cans. So now you can go 800 miles. How many people can you help if you go 800 miles compared to if you can only go 400 miles and then you're dead? <laughs> then you're then you're burnt out in the middle of nowhere and who knows how long it'll be until you have gas enough to share with somebody else. Um, so it's like that. It's like, what if you refilled your whole gas tank every single day? What if you had all of these gas cans that you could just put the energy in there as you generate it and like get so good at filling your cup that your cup is overflowing gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of gas every day. That's extra. You don't need it. You feel so good that you have all this extra to give away. And then you give it away to anybody who shows up and wants it. You know, like that's unconditional love. That's like, I don't care where this lands. It's just going to land somewhere because I'm going to send it out and let it be that simple. You know, like don't try to force somebody to take our gas and then be all offended when they won't let us help them. Because <laughs> I know I've spent some time on that road before. Um, so the lessons around this responsibility theme, this responsibility superpower uh, the first lesson is learn how to enjoy the responsibility we have, you know, like that motherly energy. Think about it. Like the kid doesn't survive without its mom. Like the mom plays a really important role. The responsible one plays a really important role. And there is so much creation and so much generation and regeneration that happens on top of that foundation of responsibility that life path sixes provide. So there's a lot of different ways to look at it, you know, and if it's kind of a reality check in any moment, it's going to change, you know, week to week, month to month, year to year. How does it feel to be the responsible one? And if ever it doesn't feel good, I'll back away from those responsibilities because chances are you're overgiving. And that's where that's coming from because it should feel good to give. If you're giving excess, there is nothing more satisfying than giving and giving and giving and giving until, you know, like I look at it now, how I used to say, I'm not giving away the last quarter tank. I, now I say, I don't dip into my tank for other people. My tank stays full. I don't give away my gas. I keep my gas and everything that I have in those gas cans is up for grabs. I don't even care who takes it, but somebody take it because I need that space because I'm going to generate more energy tomorrow. So I work on getting more and more and more gas cans, building my capacity to flow this energy more and more and more. And meanwhile, I don't give away my energy for somebody else. And that's a self-love practice. That's a prioritizing myself, um, 
there's a term that fits perfectly here that's selfish giver. And I think life path sixes, I mean, we, we are the ones that need to learn this more than anybody else. Um, that like, if you give and give and give until you have nothing, what now, what are you doing? How are you being of service if you don't have anything to give? So the idea of being a selfish giver is to take really good care of yourself such that your capacity to give is expanded and the longevity of your giving is expanded and the consistency of your giving is enhanced. Like how I was before going so hard until my tank is empty and then I'm like depressed and crashed out for a month and I go hide in my little hole and blame the world for everything and like just don't see anybody and don't do anything and fuck everybody and on and on and just like cut myself off and now I'm not being of service you know and so that doesn't really sit right which is why eventually I get over it and go back out there because I know at the deepest levels of my being that I need to be of service and I can't do that when I'm in a room by myself and so there's this this divine balance between loving yourself so much and taking such good care of yourself that your ability to love and nurture gets bigger and more powerful with every little bit of self-love that you give yourself. Um, It's a beautiful concept of you can actually serve the planet by practicing your own self-love. That's, that's really the best thing you could ever do for the planet. Because every time you practice your self-love and it gets a little bigger, that's another gas can in the back of your car. That's one more person that's going to get a gallon of gas from you. And so that self-love is like this loop of like pointing this powerful love that we have to give and like taking it and wrapping it back around and pointing it at ourself. And it makes this like picture that love is this energy, this light coming out of your heart space. And like, it's going out and we always are trying to find somebody to point it at, somebody to love and take care of and be of service to. And now imagine that energy kind of like loops back around and lands right on the top of your head and just like washes down your entire body. And now what you have is this continuous loop. Like it's, it's a closed circuit within yourself. You're sending out the love and you're receiving the love and that's self-love and That is where this energy generation comes from. This like added capacity, the better you get at closing that loop and like letting that love run powerfully through you. That's how many gas cans you have in the back of your car. That's like upgrading to a semi because that's how much gas I need to haul around. You know, like that's where I'm headed. It's like, I want a tanker truck and I want to be like, doo, doo. And that's more like a train, but maybe a train someday, like multiple cars, like those FedEx trucks that have like three trailers all hooked together. Like you need more and more and more space because you're so good at anchoring into this vibration of love. And we do that most powerfully when we root into it from inside of ourselves, which means we have to be able to receive it. And that's the part where like early on in my life path sixness, um, I was so powerfully sending love out and I was waiting for somebody else to send it to me. And that person just like never showed up. And eventually I figured out like, I have to turn this around. I have to like point my own love at myself because like nobody else is here to do it. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, cause now, I mean, like I said, now I have a full tank all the time and 
a whole trunk full of gas cans that are full of energy that I've made that I can give away to other people. And so my ability to be of service in this world, which is something I've always known that that's what I need to be doing, my ability to do that gets better and better and better the more I love myself. Um, So it's a beautiful, beautiful process. Uh, Another lesson with the responsibility factor is to learn the difference between helping someone and interfering in their life. I haven't said it yet, but the word smothering comes up. Um, And this is very interesting because I've known this about myself. I've well, I called it drowning. I talked about it in an, in the episode Mermaid Life where like I feel like I want to go so deep with someone that I almost drown them at that depth that like I hold on to them for too long and it does something wonky to their energy and I've seen it enough times that like it's like they overdose on my energy and In the Life Path 6 literature, it basically refers to it as smothering or suffocating or being overbearing. Um, And honestly, like, it felt so good to wrap my mind around the reason that that is, is because we want so badly to be of service and because we are inherently harmonious and loving beings that we have such a knack for figuring out how to, like, achieve the greatest harmony in any one moment. And so, for example, like, you know, you see somebody doing something and you just know that, hey, if they did it this way, it'd be a way easier ride for them. So you just go tell them like, hey, you should be doing it this way. And they're like, fuck off. I mean, like how many times, how many times has this happened where you're just trying to help? This would be so much better for them. And so here, let me tell you my great idea. And then they don't freaking want to hear it. They don't want your idea. They don't want you to try to make it better for them because go away. I can do it myself. And okay, okay. That's that's what I'm talking about with when we, like my early, early path was like, I just wanted to help somebody. I just like needed it. It was like driving me in in this way that I didn't fully understand. And I found so many people who did not want my help. That was like everybody basically. Um, and again, it eventually brought me to this place where I realized I need to help myself. I need to point my services at myself because I'm not that happy either. So while I'm out here trying to help everybody else to be happy, I'm not that happy. Maybe I should just start by practicing what I'm preaching. Maybe I should just start by, you know, taking good care of myself and see how far that gets me. So that was a little over five years ago. And I would say it worked. It was very productive choice to point my servicing nature at myself and service my own needs so fully that you know, loving myself and prioritizing my needs got easier and easier. And my capacity to love others grew in perfect correlation with my ability to love myself, how that grew. So the two are absolutely linked together. And it's when we are over nurturing, it's when we're, you know, needing to be of service to someone to feel valuable instead of just loving ourselves and knowing our value, we're trying to source it by doing something for somebody else. 
and then you need somebody else to like be serviced by you and lining that up when you need it like that, it's just basically impossible. And so you just hit brick wall after brick wall after brick wall until we learn that like we can really only help ourselves. And from a place of our own well-being, other people may show up who in the perfect moment have a question that you can answer. You know, they may have a problem that you're the perfect one to solve it. Like my getting to go to my friends and help her with her room, like that could not have worked out more perfectly, but never in a million years would I have ever scripted that like, that's how I'm going to help her. You know, like that just unfolded. That's what it was. And I was right there. I was down because she's, she's my friend. Um, so yeah, so I'll move into the true essence of a life path six. We'll go through these real quick. Cause we've talked about a lot of them so far. Um, quintessential homebodies. I thought that was interesting because absolutely, um, that basically they, they have a lot of things in their home that they nurture or they probably want to, or should, should probably not the right word, but, um, that like, for example, it said like once a life path six, if they have kids, it will be almost impossible for them to be away from their kids. And this is how I feel about my dogs and my cats. Um, mostly my dogs, but yeah, like I, I don't like to be away from them. I just really don't. I, and I have like 85 houseplants that I also don't like to be away from. So it's like that. And it even said like, even if you don't have children, like if you choose not to physically have kids yourself, you will still find something to nurture. And that basically the essence of a life path six is to let that motherly energy flow, um, first to ourselves and then to anybody else who rendezvous in that unfolding, you know, like let them come to you kind of way. But once what I'm finding is like, now that I'm in a a more stable place where my energy is consistently happy, I used to worry a lot, like in the early days, the first year or two of practicing this, I'm like, I can't commit to anything because my energy is all over the place. Like some days I'm happy, some days I'm miserable. Like I could never schedule a public speaking event because how do I know when I get there that I'm going to be in any kind of mood to go do that? And now I don't ever have that fear. I feel like I've practiced my self-love enough that I've gotten to a place where my energy, I wake up basically every day and I'm happy because I love myself because my needs are met. And I know that because I meet them myself. You know, I don't wait on somebody else to do it for me like I used to. And that is so empowering. And the more empowered I feel, the more I'm able to do what I really love to do and help other people feel their empowerment. So it is so worth it to invest in ourselves and our own self-love. Um, another, the last point I have under the true essence is that they're solidly true to their personal values that it's very difficult to work for others, especially if prevailing values are different from theirs. So like this reminded me of my job at the software company where the whole culture was about money. Like that's what the point of the company was. Like obviously the the company meetings, that was the whole point was like everything. Here's all the money we're making. Here's all this and all of these things. Um, And then also like the way that they rewarded us was, a lot about bonuses, like cash bonuses, giving us money. And that is just like, not, not my top priority. 
uh, I want a job that pays me more than money, like in the realm of soul level fulfillment, in the realm of being of service to others, in the realm of like doing something that actually makes a real impact in the world. Um, that's the main bonus I'm looking for from my work. And so, you know, five and a half years of being at the software company and I just like, just couldn't do it anymore. I felt ready. Like my soul was ready to do something that mattered. And I knew like for me personally, being an entrepreneur and like running my own businesses, like that's definitely right for me. But even if you're a life path six that like doesn't want to be an entrepreneur to find a cause to work behind, to find a vehicle that's like actually doing something that helps people like in a real way, um, probably where you are face to face with the people you are helping, um, is going to be really satisfying, whatever that ends up looking like for you. And the last thing, the art of the life path six, learning how to love yourself so much. You take exceptional care of yourself thus giving you the energy boost to expand your nurturing wingspan into even greater realms. So I think that basically sums it up that you love yourself so much that the power of the love that you have to give to other people is, mm, it's nothing like we can achieve when we just try to love them, you know, like loving them. It's a, it's a one directional stream of energy. And when we love ourselves, it's that closed loop where energy just amplifies inside of the closed loop and it just goes faster and faster and faster and faster and faster and faster. When we send it out, eventually our gas tank is empty, period. Like it costs energy to send out, like it costs gas in your tank to send out energy to somebody else. Um, but when we love ourselves, it fills gas back into the tank. So that is absolutely the secret to that. And real quick, I'll run through the Life Path 6 Soul Joy spread uh, that I mentioned at the beginning. This spread is included in the Lightseer's Tarot, the little guidebook that comes with it. And so the first card is your gift. So Life Path 6 is what is our gift? What gift do we give to the world? And the card I drew was Major Arcana 19, the sun. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I just took a couple notes that really stood out to me. One is this idea of wholeness, that this, this is the gift that we bring to the world is this wholeness and shining our essence and warming the planet like the sun, which makes a lot of sense as you think about like this motherly energy and demonstrating and sending out unconditional love and just in general, putting more light into the world, like letting more and more and more people feel more and more love. Like that's, that's really that gift. Uh, the second card is illumination. What can we illuminate for others? And for this, I drew the major arcana nine, the hermit and this card is all about looking within for healing, looking within for your own wisdom. And as I read the Lightseer's book for this card, uh, the very end jumped out at me where it said basically that, you know, we are eternally healing and yet already whole all at the same time. And so the idea that Life Path 6 illuminates this for other people um, and again, there's that idea of wholeness coming up in two out of the three cards. And then the third card is the lessons of joy. Where can my lessons of joy be uncovered? So for the life past six, this is major arcana 16, the tower. And 
the tower is really about rebuilding after destruction and the idea that the only things that ever get destructed, like destructed, destroyed in our lives are the things that aren't meant for us. And so if something crumbles to let it happen and to rebuild and put the pieces back together in a way that your life is even better than it was before. Um, so the idea of learning through experience and being grateful for the experiences that were the practicing ground for our soul healing to recognize that anything, any stages that we moved through where things fell apart in the end, that we learned a lot by going through that stage and we're better now because we learned all of those things. Um, and to be grateful that, you know, in the way that things fall apart, all the pieces to rebuild are right there. And every time we rebuild, we're better than we were before. So, you know, I picked out some of these repeated ideas between these three cards, wholeness and healing. And again, when you come back to Life Path 6, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. That really we demonstrate that we're most powerful at gifting the gift of unconditional love when we love ourselves. And if that's not demonstrating wholeness and healing, I don't know what is. So I hope, my dear Life Path 6 friend, that you have enjoyed this, that there were nuggets in here that helped you to love yourself that much more, uh, that helped you love your past experiences that much more. Anybody that's ever come into your world where you felt like you had to be the responsible one and that that wasn't fair, um, thank them for helping you to figure out when it's time to take responsibility and how to use that superpower diligently and to wield it with real skill and precision, precision where you can take responsibility for things that make profound changes in people's lives and to take responsibility for your self-care and take responsibility for the creations that you put into this world that make it a better place. There are so many things where that sense of rock solid responsibility can serve us. It's foundational. And yet learning how to wield that superpower, it takes a minute to, to figure out how not to overdo it. So anybody who ever showed up in your life and reeked of irresponsibility, like you needed to be the one to step in and do it, just, just send them a little bit of a good vibe and thank them for where they were on their path as they crossed yours and everything that you learned from them and the ways that you conduct yourself more productively, more healthily now because of what you learned from that relationship from them. So there's so much to learn. Uh, like that tower card, there's so much to learn by going back through the things that fell apart and especially when we look at them and understand that, you know, only things that weren't meant for us are going to fall apart. Um, yeah. And that every single time something falls apart, we land in a place that's better suited to who we really are and to let that happen. You know, like I, <laughs> I've said it before and I, I'm pretty positive, you know, it was like a new phase of all hell breaking loose, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say, if there's something in my life that's not meant for me, let it fall apart. 
let it get out of my way so that I can go on and do what I came here to do, which is be of service in the best, biggest, most profound way that I can. I stay open to that all day, every day, to the best of my ability. Everything that I do, every every ounce of self-care that I do is in the knowing that this is how I invest into mass consciousness. This is how I nurture the entire planet. I start with myself. I take such good care of myself that I amplify the love through my being such that the whole world can feel it. And I really, really think I'm getting somewhere. So yeah, I I so love sharing this space with you, my fellow Life Path Sixers. And I look forward to rendezvousing with you on many more episodes of this I Learned podcast. But until next time, dear friends, you take such good care of yourselves and so will I.